Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In the first part of the Summa Theologiae, question two, Thomas Aquinas is considering whether God exists, and he provides five ways, quite famously, for leading a person to thinking that something that we call God does, in fact, exist. And the first two ways have to do with a certain range of causality. The third way also does deal with cause and effect in certain ways. So it's also a causal argument based on some metaphysical principles, but also on observation of what happens within the world of our experience. And this way, you could say is in a certain sense more deeply metaphysical than the first two, or at least it might be more obscure and murky to some readers. Now he tells us that this way is based on possibility, or sometimes it's translated as contingency and necessity. Now that's a very literal reading of what Thomas Aquinas actually says, assumpta ex possibili et necessario. So possibility and necessity are built into the very framing, you could say, of the proof. Now, not everybody translates it that way. Sometimes you can find, for example, in the the Blackfriars, the third way is based on what need not be and on what must be. But those are circumlocutions, you might say, that I think that the translator thought would be helpful, but I think are actually a little bit misleading for what's possible and what is necessary. What is necessary has to be what it is or as it is, right? What's possible can be or not be or can change as we're gonna find out uh, when he brings up some general examples. Now this proof is also a little bit more complicated than the others because there's really two arguments connected together that are going on. The one supplies the beginning place for the second argument. The one has to do with the movement from possibility to necessity. And then the other one has to do with different necessary things and how they are arranged. So he tells us that we encounter, right, in venimus, in things, in the universe, in what we observe, some things that can be and not be. Quae sunt possibilia esse et non esse. And so he's going to use as an example of this when we find things springing up and dying away. Generari et corrompi, right? And so by consequence to be and not to be. So, you know, human beings, plants, books, all these things can come into existence. They don't have to necessarily exist. You and I are contingent or possible. If our parents, my parents, your parents hadn't gotten together in the time and way that they did, you wouldn't exist. I wouldn't exist, right? Somebody else would exist in our place or maybe 
maybe nobody would exist coming from them, right? Or maybe lots of people would exist. Your mom, you know, I had a whole bunch of kids with somebody else and your dad had a whole bunch of kids with somebody else. You get the point, right? So we encounter a lot of things that could be or, or not be, right? It's possible for them to exist or not. We're not yet at the point of necessity because we could say, how many things could it be the case that everything is merely possible? There's no necessary being in existence. And here's where Thomas is gonna make a very interesting argument, which you might not entirely buy. So he says, it can't be the case that everything is of this sort, namely merely possible. Impossibile est, he says. Why? Because that which is possible to not be, right? At some point in time isn't. So, possibilia non esse aliquando nihil fuit in rebus is how he's saying it. Aliquando means at some time. And so, if indeed everything is merely possible, then at some point in time, there's nothing. Now, you might say, well, why does that have to be the case? Well, think of infinite possibilities, right? Thomas isn't actually running through this, but you could like do a kind of combinatorics with this in your head, obviously, you're not going to carry out the entire operation of thinking about every single thing that not only is in existence, but ever has been or will be in existence. But you could like think about all the possibilities. And there's one possibility that has nothing. Sort of like at what in set theory we call the empty set, right? Now, if that's the case, here's where causality comes in. Well, you don't get anything from nothing. Nothing is not a cause of anything. So like he says, it would be impossible that anything could begin to be impossibile fuit quod aliquid in kiperet to, to begin essay. And so nothing would be the case, right? You could say the totality would be nothing. And he says, well, that's clearly false. Because, you know, I exist, you exist, things that we see in the world exist. So clearly they didn't come from nothing. So there must be something that always has to be the case, that always has to exist. And that's something necessary. Aliquid necessarium, right? So we know that there's at least one necessary being in existence. Now, some people might stop there and say, aha, we've got God. Thomas does not stop there. Why not? Because he knows that there are multiple necessary things in the nature of whatever we want to call it, the totality, the whole in rebus, to use his phrase that he comes back to over and over again. How would we differentiate different necessary things? Well, one thing we can do, and here's where we come to causes again, is ask ourselves the question, does the necessary thing have its cause of its necessity? Now, notice he doesn't just say the cause of its existence, the cause of its necessity in itself or in something else, some other necessary being, because you're not going to get it from some possible being. And so he says that everything that is necessary either has the cause of its necessity from something else or it doesn't so have have it. And can we like say, well, this thing over here, let's call it A, 
necessity A has its cause in necessity B, which has its cause in necessity C, could we proceed, as he says, to infinity? Here's where it looks a lot like the first and second ways, doesn't it? And he says, no, you can't do that when it comes to the cause of necessity any more than you can in efficient causality as we've already proven just above, right? And so therefore, he says, we must, or it's necessary to posit, ponere, set down something that is necessary through itself or by itself. However, we want to translate per se. Aliquid qui est per se necessarium. Something. We don't quite know yet what exactly this is, but we're saying, hey, you can't trace it back ad infinitum through, you know, into infinity. So there's got to be something absolutely necessary, we might say, right? So he says that it doesn't have its cause of its own necessity in anything else, but it is the cause of the other's necessity. Now notice what he doesn't say at the very end of this that he said in the other two. And all people call this, all people understand this to be God. We're supposed to read that in there that this ultimately necessary being that is the cause of all the other necessary beings necessity is the cause of itself. And this would be the highest, the supreme, namely God. Now, one other thing I do want to point out before we close this out, this is a very, very interesting argument because there's kind of, I won't say a meta level, but there's certainly use of the very concepts that are being explored within the argument itself. Some things are not possible, right? Some things are possible. The possibility of all things being possible turns out to be a non-possibility, right? An impossibility. So we've got these very interesting, what we nowadays call modal concepts of necessity, impossibility, possibility, contingency at play within the very proof itself. So arguing our way to a completely necessary being, the cause of other necessary beings, is carried out by argumentation that Thomas himself thinks is itself necessary in some way, or at least the argumentation invokes necessity and impossibility. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.